You're listening to Leafs Lunch with Julia Tusheri and Michael DiStefano on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. He's trying to get it in front of the net again. Marner He scores! Mitch Marner! 19 straight games and an emphatic one here with a shorthanded goal. Mitch Marner makes history, and that's a story from Saturday night. We're late getting to you guys. World Cup went a little bit long, but we'll chat. Uh, we'll get a lot of chatter into this next half an hour. Lease Busters will get you out of your car lease today. It's as easy as pie, a piece of cake. Avoid penalties and early termination fees. Visit leasebusters.com. Okay, Leafs Lunch, Julie Tesheri, Mike Stefano. Weird Monday because we're starting a little late. Uh, and maybe it kind of fits, A.B. Like, such an exciting game on Saturday. Mitch Marner gets it done. Uh, Shorty, nonetheless, just feels kind of on brand for Mitch Marner to make history with. But also, the Leafs drop to 1-6 and six in overtime. Not the sexiest stat in the world. Where shall we start? Uh, I mean, let's start on the positive. Let's You're start right. with Mitch Marner, right? Because he went out there, broke the record, and got it done on a, on a, on a shorthanded goal at that. So like, Mitch Marner. That, that's, that's very Mitch Marner-esque. I'd be curious to see how many guys have such record-breaking goals like this. With a shorthanded yeah, goal. Like, it's not often that dudes who put up 19 points consecutively or uh, 19 games consecutively get much penalty kill time as, as is. And it's funny because prior to the game, I was looking at it on FanDuel and they had some Mitch Marner stats. And it was out there, a couple of prop bets you could make for when he was going to score his, his goal, like what period, how he was going to score it. It was plus 3,300, 33 to 1 to score a short hit a goal to break the streak and I almost made the bet almost made it and I chickened out and said nah I, uh, nah that's not gonna Feels happen like a stretch, and here it is yeah there it is scores on the shorthanded goal and look I, I think that that was just like a testament to what this team has kind of been lately like that was just a, a hard-working goal right like yep. I'll, I'll, you're down a man You've got David Camp in there working hard in behind the net, winning a couple of loose puck battles, and then finds Mitch Marner in front. And Marner has been a little trigger happy of late. He's been shooting the puck a lot more as of late, and and he's finding that swagger, that he's confidence. He's deceptive too. He waited for a second before yeah. he scored that one. Yeah, it's beautiful stuff to see from from Mitch Marner. And and the streak continues. It could. Keep on going tomorrow night in Dallas. Jason Robertson on a pretty nice little streak himself. What's he at? 17 game point streak as it stands right now? I think 18. Oh. Only one game back of, of Mitch Marner. So they'll be colliding wow. in the same game. And I think it's the first time ever that we've had two guys of 18 plus game point streaks taking on one another. So that'll be an interesting thing to follow for tomorrow night's game for sure. Yeah, it, it was special. Um, was the rematch rematchy enough for you? I, I don't even know how to ask the question. I felt like I had, there wasn't enough, there was hype going into the game about the fact that it was um, the first time that these two teams were going to see one another since right. game seven of the first round of last year's playoffs. Mm-hmm. Did it feel that way to you? Yeah, I mean, like, it was a pretty tight game. It was it was a close yeah. game. You know, when teams score, they were pretty quick to, to respond and reply. Um you know, I thought I thought that was it a playoff type of game. No. Maybe not. It did not like, have it, it Leafs have, jersey last week vibes. Uh, no, no, it didn't. But overall, I mean, this is like if the playoffs were to start today, that would be round one again. And that's that's kind of what was in my head for a lot of the night. Like, it's going to be Boston 
or it's going to be Tampa and the whole slay the dragon versus slay the king analogy. We're just we're we're doing this. You can't this use that line. anymore though because they didn't win yeah. anymore. That's the only now they're not the king, right? The, but the I still feel so comfortable saying that just because, like, even even though they haven't started the year as as crazy and and successful as as we're used to with the Tampa Bay Lightning, I still think they're a pretty good measuring stick and i i still think they, oh, they're a great team to compare yourselves to uh if you're trying to look at what winning is so did you in saying that how do you think that the leafs measured up like blue line the thing that i noticed the most was depth the depth had a pretty good showing a couple times last week we, there was that hilarious moment where engvall scored right after we were all roasting him and yeah. there were just some good moments from the depth like yarncroft before he got injured was was starting to heat up a little bit and last night uh in addition to last night being the first night that i thought oh man i really noticed tj Brody not being there i really noticed morgan riley not being there it was another night of the Leafs' top guys are going and scoring, which was a problem at the beginning of the season. But now, the depth thing doesn't really look... The depth was one of the things that changed almost wholesale in the offseason, yeah. in addition to the to the goaltending. And we've been critical of it to start the year because it hasn't been as, as productive as, as we were thinking. And we're not... There was a lot of talk about identity coming into the season. Who is this fourth line? And the personnel on it changes quite a bit. I didn't mind Wayne Simmons on, on Saturday night either, but um, they were out depth. Like, I'm looking at Pat Maroon and, and well, Belmar out go, there go on the ice. Go look at who scored goals for Tampa. Exactly. Right? Vlad Nemesikov, Ross Colton, Alex Kalorn, and then you got one from the big boy and uh, Nikita Kucherov ended yeah. up scoring a goal. But three out of the four goals that they scored came from secondary scoring. Guys not named, you know, uh, Stamkos, right? So they're getting those goals from all up and down the lineup. And the Maple Leafs just haven't quite got yeah. that. Yeah, it's so hard because we criticize on a day-to-day basis. And last week it did, like I said, look a little bit better. But last night, or Saturday night rather, fell short again. Well, and I think that might be... The bigger, like one of the big differences between these two clubs, and that was the case in the playoffs too. Yep. Like when you look back on it, it wasn't Stamkos and 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 Point and uh, Palat who were scoring goals in Game Seven. It was Nick Paul. It was Nick Paul who was scoring goals, right? Nick Paul does it all, including game-winning goals in Game Seven of yep. the playoffs, right? So, you know, that's something that uh, is indicative when you're watching these two teams play, and and when you're coming away from it, you're thinking to yourself, okay, do the Maple Leafs? Like, they're big boys. I agree. They, they, they stack up with the big boys, right? Like, you've got Matthews. You've got Marner, um, Nylander, Tavares. Like, those guys, they can go toe-to-toe with the Stamkoses, with the points, with the, the, the Sorellis of the world. But when you get a little bit lower in the lineup, can they go toe-to-toe? And when you get to the playoffs, you got to kind of rely on all four of your lines. And that's where Tampa has really been... That's why they've had a stronghold in the East for, for three years now. Yeah. Because they've had incredible depth. They've got guys like Pat Maroon scoring goals in the playoffs. They've got a guy like Anthony Sorelli who can come in. He can play up and down your lineup and provide not only terrific defensive metrics, but also go out there and score a goal. I think he had a couple of helpers and apples. That was his first game first one back. of the season. Yeah. And he's out there getting some assists and setting play, making plays, setting guys up. So that was, I guess, one of the bigger things that I guess I, I, I take away from that game was Toronto's depth isn't quite where it needs to be. A guy who I'm kind of circling and looking at, and, and look, I'm not the first guy to say this by any means, but like we need to see so much more from Alex Kerfoot. Like this guy's making three and a half million bucks, and 
I hate having to reference Cap. Like, I guess that it doesn't really matter. But the fact of the matter is, he's somebody who this team looked at, relied uh, is and is relying upon to give you that secondary scoring. Guy had 43 points at 5-on-5 five five a year ago. He's yet to score a goal at 5-on-5 five five this season. Yeah. Yet to score a goal. He's got one and it came on the power play. Yeah. He's and he's got to be better. Like those, I, I those agree. Are the types of guys, like those are the Nemesnikovs who are scoring goals. Those are the Ross Coltons who are scoring goals for Tampa Bay. Toronto's not really getting that. Yeah. The only defense I have for Alex Kerfoot is that he's not in a very, like, if you ask players, the position that he's in is Sheldon Keefe's. What'd you call him? Like the Swiss Army knife. Not Swiss Army knife. That's like the classic Alex Kerfoot, but you called him something hilarious that plugs holes. Oh, the, uh, oh. Poly grip? Uh, no, no, grip. No, no. That's what. I'll think of it in a second. Anyways, what, it's not a very opportune position for a player because you don't really get the opportunity to, to find a rhythm with a line, to find a groove in a certain position because he's always doing something different. He always has a Flex different tape. role. Flex tape. Flex that's tape. what it was. Slap it on so there, that's the only defense I have for Alex Kerfoot is that he hasn't been put in a very opportune position this year because he's just expected to plug holes in the lineup where, wherever Sheldon Keith needs on any given night, and it doesn't really give him the opportunity to find himself a little groove. But in saying that, you're completely right. They they do need more from their depth, and Alex Kerfoot specifically I they need more out of. Like I I don't want to. Ozone penalties are guys. also something that uh-huh. I would love to get rid of. Yeah, especially late in the game versus Tampa, it was giving me a little PTSD. Yeah, that's kind of reminiscent to what we saw last time they were in in that building, wasn't it? Yeah, it a was a, yeah. a little too reminiscent. Uh, for, for my brain. But at the end of the day, I still think Toronto, like they didn't get ran out of the rink. No, by not any at means. all. And like they were in Tampa Bay. It's a tough environment. And, and it's a team that's starting to pick it up. They got Anthony Sorelli injected back into that lineup. Yep. Probably gave them a nice little jump. Um, you, you saw Sorelli or uh, Vasilevsky, you know, played a, good game. A, a decent game considering going into it. We're talking about how his numbers weren't Vasilevsky-esque. Well, he showed up against the good team, right? He was making some big saves in that one. So, you know, at the end of the day, I still think Toronto very much in that stratosphere. And, and, and I think they could be a better team than Tampa Bay. Like, I, I, if they did have to go and play in a playoff series right now, I don't know if I'd be worried about it. Like, would I rather a different opponent? Down those three Absolutely. defensemen right now? Down those okay, three D? Okay, okay, hold on. Okay. <laughs> now I'm being crazy. <laughs> Maybe not with those guys. Because but, but I, I last night was, that, or Saturday, well, let's, let's, last night. Let, let's actually look at that. That was the first night I really glaringly... But it took overtime to beat them. True. It took overtime to beat them with Justin Hall and Mark Giordano as their top pair. Yeah. Like, if you want to spin it as a positive... No, totally. Like, they're down some guys, and they were still able to take this team to overtime. They were able to keep... You know, the uh, Stamkos at bay without getting on the score sheet. Yeah. They didn't allow a whole lot. No. Not not a whole ton, uh, and and neither did Matt Murray. Save maybe so. Let's transition to goaltending now. Save maybe that overtime goal. Yeah, that, that was great. not overly probably his worst goal of the season that he's allowed. He might say the same thing. I will yeah, say that Austin Matthews had a Montreal, but pro, yeah, probably since then. Yeah. Since then, that was and he didn't have a bad showing by any means. He made some big saves during the game. Yeah. Um, the, the play in overtime. I mean, that's like a Austin good, Matthews that's had a power play. So, I mean, they, they scored a couple of power play goals. And yeah. Then, so, my question to you is, and I, I kind of know how you feel about this, but I think we should mull it over. If it's a true tandem, AB, um, they go back to Samsonov in Dallas. If it's a true tandem, it's a true 50 yeah. 50 split. Matt Murray, I don't know if I'd go with. I don't know if he's the hot hand following that game. It wasn't his hottest game yet. Um, but 
there's an argument to be made about letting Matt Murray have the net again on Tuesday night and let him play through it. And play through it feels a little dramatic again because he didn't have a terrible yeah, game. <laughs> he didn't have a terrible game, but like it, it was, he's probably feeling a little de- allowed, deflated yeah. as a result of that yeah. overtime goal. Which, by the way, Austin Matthews was terrible on from the turnover to the a little bit of floating back. But anyways, um, wh- what do you do? You go Murray or you go Samsonov? Yeah, like I spoke about this last week. How I have not concerns, but I wonder if. These two goaltenders, a big reason for their success early in the year is because they've been able to get into a rhythm and a groove since they've been able to start consecutive games. Now that that doesn't seem to be the case, is that going to throw them out of their rhythm? This is always this was a worry for me last week. And the first game that we kind of saw, not to say that he played poorly, but there was a, a poor goal that you definitely want back. Was he knocked out of rhythm? I, I don't know that to be the, the, the fact. Sometimes you just have an off night or you, yeah. you allow a bad goal. I would give him the net back because I would like these guys to get a couple of consecutive starts. Now, where you get difficult, where it gets tricky is, is the fact that you do want to make sure that this remains a tandem and that guys stay fresh by getting, you know, at least a start, at least one, maybe two starts a week for the pair. Yeah. But then, do you allow either one to get into a groove by doing that? Right. So that's the big question mark that I think we're gonna have until we get a bigger body of work of what's going on, I personally would let Murray get the net back. Yeah. But we'll see what Keith ends up doing. Yeah, I'm interested to see. I, I don't know if I have a particular take on, on who I'd like to see them go to on, on Tuesday. I, I'm more so interested to see what their plan is or how exactly they're going to approach this because I feel like who they put in net tomorrow night versus Dallas will be indicative of the way they're kind of planning on handling this, and we don't really have an idea of that. Um now, they dropped to, uh, like I started this show by saying, it's kind of, it was a weird feeling ending the game because it was euphoric. Mitch Marner. Euphoric. Yeah, it's a good word. Good uh, word. Franchise record, most games consecutively with a point in Leafs franchise history. And uh, I don't know, overtime losses feel a little bit deflating. But when you go one in six uh, as your overtime record for the season, it feels a little bit more deflating. Um, I don't want to over... There's the take, of course, that exists, and I, I saw quite a bit, that there's no overtime in the playoffs, which, of course, is true. So three-on-three three overtime. There's no three-on-three three overtime in the playoffs, so it can't, it can't bite the Leafs the way that it seems to be um, this season. But is it a stretch, A.B., for me to look at the Leafs in overtime and say this is a position in which they have to win? It's, like, essentially a sh- very short playoff do or die moment can you tie it (laughs) killer instinct i just mean in terms of uh the leafs when the chips are down and you have to make a play you have to score a goal you have to win a game in order to collect two points they've just haven't done it and that's been the case in april is there a tie there between i don't know if killer instinct has been a buzz phrase the way that it was last year right but it definitely was last year and I don't know, one in six in OT speaks to a lack of killer instinct still to me. Um, to this I, point I, in the season. I, I think it's fair to say, it might be fair to say, you know, there seems to be a bit of a lack of urgency also, like when, when you get to overtime. I God, mean, there's yeah. just some nonchalantness. 
Like you look at that goal that 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 they 30, scored. It's hard not to circle thirty four hard just because of that specific play. Well, that's like, it, right? Like down. just a, a nonchalant backhand pass. Like I get it. You're trying to get it over to Willie, who if you make that pass, he definitely or to Marner, he would have had a a, a clear yeah, lane sweet. to the net. But you don't, and it gets picked off, and it goes the other way, and it ends up in the back of the net. Now Murray probably should have had that. To be fair, but still, would have saved some video in in Frankie I, terms or in uh, O dog's terms. O dog yeah, terms. the goalie can save you a lot of video. I, I I mean I think you you can definitely have that that question uh, about whether or not this this speaks to a is lack it concerning of though? Instinct, like, what but, does it say to you? Does it say anything to you about the Leafs? Or are you just you want to gloss over it? Like, what <laughs> does it say anything specific to you? I mean, I, I don't... That's six extra points. It, it, At the end of the season, six points might look like something. It, it does, and it would. I think it's maybe just the, the lack of urgency once they get out there, I think, mm. is, is the more concerning part. You know, like, I think when you look back on that play, like I said, it was just kind of, you make a bad mistake with the puck. I don't know if it was a lack of focus at that time, but that's when you really should be locked in and dialed in i'm gonna go score this goal instead of making those cheeky little backhand passes that get picked off and go the other way i I think maybe it's just the lack of focus that bothers me a little bit more than than the record itself i mean they could be one and six and it could be i mean at the end of the day it's a game played on ice with a bouncing puck like you could be one and six and it could be extremely unlucky right but when you're watching these games it's like yeah but they're just playing poorly and it just doesn't it just doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. That, like, that's why. Like, because of the forwards that they have, the elite players that they have. Now, a game against Tampa, they can match that eliteness, that elite talent um, with, you know, the Kucherovs, the Stamkos. I mean, even Kaloran's a really good player who did end up winning it in OT. But there are some other games that they've lost in overtime where it's like, how are you getting beat by these guys? Yeah. Who else have they lost? I'm going to put us on the spot. The Stars, like, or the Sharks, I guess it was Carlson. So he Carlson had a little made star a, a, moment. an elite play. Was it Brat or was it Hughes versus... It was one of those two scandals. Oh, yeah, that game out there. Uh, actually, it was... It was... It was... was I can't it remember not one of those was. two guys? It wasn't one of those two guys. It was somebody down the, down the roster a little bit more. Sharon Govich. Was it really? I think it may have been Sharon Gomez. Okay. But it was one of those who made the play to go to the net and yeah. picked up the rebound and just kind of oh, okay. tossed it in. But uh, Whatever the case may be, the Leafs, uh, with the way that they're built, their their philosophy should be they could out-star power any team who's attempting to out-skill them. And when it comes to a skill game, that should be their bread and butter. It should be. And, and that's where you look at it and you're kind of What's going on? scratching your doesn't head. doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I don't know what to make of it. We didn't get to have MJ on today because of... A timing issue, and we know that I'm protesting against <laughs> soccer, so we didn't get to talk to MJ about it. But I, w- I was curious, and maybe we'll get to talk to Dregs about it tomorrow. Or, I, but I'd love to get a player perspective on on what, if anything, that says uh, to you about a team, because. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me why they struggle so bad. It, it, it doesn't. And look, this is something that's going to keep going. I mean, they're practicing it. I so hope they, not. They have a slight like issue with it clearly because they've now started practicing three on three like when they lost that game to the devils a couple of weeks ago in overtime they started to practice three on three overtime because then it became a trend a concerning trend to them so clearly there was slight concern tying it to killer instinct is interesting though like just because that was such a buzzword like two years ago against the the montreal canadians right last year early on there didn't seem to be a killer instinct they could have ended that series it's it's just a buzzword that that we now have that we use a lot and you talk about you have a chance to win it with one goal in overtime and you're just not doing it right you're not going out there and playing at the best of your abilities 
Why is that? I don't know, AB. I do not know, but it is a concerning trend. Um, I'm scrolling through because I know there's things that we have to do in this very short amount of time that we have. Uh, should we should we go group chat really fast? Sure. Okay, let's see what's in the group chat this week. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Check this out. Hey, did you guys see the game last night? When it goes down. Are you texting? Oh yeah. It goes down in the group chat. We have these big group texts. It's very late, and my friend is a little unstable. We're talking action and overreaction. We sent 97 unanswered texts in a five-minute span. Leafs Lunch presents. My phone vibrated itself off the desk. What's in the group chat? This group is hotter than hot. Share the love this holiday season with McDonald's. Text the keyword holiday in your name to 105050 for your chance to win a $200 McDonald's gift card. Feeling festive? Enjoy a peppermint mocha or hot chocolate paired with a freshly baked festive ginger RMHC cookie or McCafe creme brulee little donut available at participating locations. Okay. Um, so Saturday night was kind of the first night that we missed the top guns on the blue line. It was starting, I, I don't know, I, I'm not going to say anything about Mark Giordano because he's been played and played and played and played, but there's definitely something to be said about uh, the fact that you don't want to wear this guy out, even though I we've heard that he, he likes to play more and he thinks he's sharper when he plays more, but there's definitely a risk of running that guy into the ground. And then with young guys, too, I don't know, they're still getting used to the pace of playing in the NHL, so there's... Mm -hmm. There's that as well. So in the group chat, how would we respond to this? The Leafs do not need to replace Muzzin with another top four defenseman. You flushing it? You liking it? I'm curious. You blocking the person? What are you doing here? <sighs> I don't know. The person? You're gonna block the person <laughs> on this one? I don't know. I'm not blocking the person. I don't know. I I, I I'm every game. I'm more and more convinced that. That uh, maybe MJ and and the other people who have thought the power for forward, forward has been attractive because if they're chugging along like this right now with this decimated decor and they're just chugging along, doesn't it make you feel a little bit better about it? But I'll put the caveat that Jake Muzzin will be reevaluated in February. So if there's no hope at that point that Jake Muzzin will be coming back ever. I think there's a better case to make when it comes to trading for a defenseman. But if they get Jake Muzzin back for the playoffs, I would be more in on forward. Let me give you a couple of stats that are very intriguing for uh, for that group that okay. says the defense are fine, let's add a forward. Because I'm starting to somewhat lean that way. Okay. So since TJ Brody got injured and they've seen these guys get pushed up into the lineup, Timothy Lilligan, Rasmus Sandin, and 132 minutes at 5-on-5 five five together through those 11 games... 0.9 goals against per 60 at 5-on-5, five five, which is good for 7th in the entire National Hockey League among all defensive pairs in that time span. Giordano and Hall, 152 minutes played at 5-on-5, five five, 11th at uh, goals against per 60 among all NHL defensive pairs. And when you look at Gio and Hall, what I find to be you know something that's really encouraging is the fact that only Pelik and Pulak have averaged more defensive zone starts. So those guys... Are 11th best when it comes to not allowing goals in the back of the net since they've been out there, and they're getting the tough assignments. So those guys are proving that they can actually play these yeah. tough, tough, you know, minutes and these tough matchups. So I'm, I am, I'm going to give that a thumbs up. I'm, I'm starting to become a believer in uh, in this team and the fact that maybe the options internally could work. Right. I'm going to heart the text and then I'm going to reply in the chain check in February. 
That's that's probably a good call. Uh, yeah, I'd say it's a Check good call. Check in Feb. Uh, you listen to Leafs Lunch, brought to you in part by 2for1pizza.com. Enjoy plant-based garden pesto pizza, pizza and wings, pizza and penne combo, and more. Visit 2for1pizza.com. That does it for us today. If you missed any of the show, uh, you can check it on TSN 1050, the Art Radio app, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Mike Giuseppino for Julia to share. you listening to Leafs Lunch. World coverage continues next.